Topic 6.6 Causes of Migration in an Interconnected World I would advise all my friends to quit Ireland, the country most dear to me. As long as they remain in it, they will be in bondage and misery. An Irish settler who had lived in Wisconsin for a year in a letter to the Times of London, May 14, 1850. The essential question, how did environmental and economic factors contribute to patterns of migration between 1750 and 1900? An increasingly global economy characterized by economic imperialism and the availability of different modes of transportation promoted a new era of migrations. As industry grew, populations moved to urban centers. Some workers who left their homelands, such as the Lebanese merchants in the United States or the Italian laborers in Argentina, could travel back to their native country for visits or to retire. Others, like the Irish settler quoted above, choose a permanent resettlement as relief from economic and political difficulties. Other movements of people were coerced to meet the demands for workers, coerced and semi-coerced migrants of people resulted in slavery, indentured servitude and convict labour. Migration through labour systems. The desire for low-wage labour was linked to the exploitation of natural resources in the system of economic imperialism. Even though slavery was gradually being abolished in imperial territories in the 19th century, the demand for agricultural goods that enslaved workers had produced was still increasing. European states recruited new labourers to work on plantations, where they produced enormous wealth that fueled industrial growth at home. Indian labourers migrated to British colonies in the Caribbean, South Africa and East Asia and Fiji. Chinese labourers migrated to California, British Malay to build railroads and service farmhands, gardeners and domestics. Japanese labourers migrated to Hawaii, Peru and Cuba to work on sugar plantations. Slavery Most countries in the Americas abolished slavery and the slave trade in the early 19th century. Slavery itself continued, but without a fresh supply of enslaved people, the institution declined. Only in the United States did the number of enslaved people increase after the abolition of the slave trade. The last countries to abolish slavery in the Americas were the United States in 1865, Cuba in 1886, and Brazil in 1888. In spite of prohibitions, Africans continued enslaving one another as well into the 20th century. As slavery was being abolished, labor was still desired, so imperial countries turned to other forms of coerced labor. Indentured servitude. People who worked for a set number of years before becoming free were indentured servants. 
Many people became indentured as a way to pay for their transportation from a desperately poor community to one with more opportunity. Others were forced to do so to pay off debt. Some of these servants indented to work temporarily, earning money for their family and then return home. But many stayed in the new country. As a result, indentured laborers brought their own cultures to the new lands and altered the demographics of these lands. For example, the culture of Machirias in the Indian Ocean of the South Africa, Fiji in the South Pacific, and Trinidad in the Caribbean added a strong Indian influence. Asian Contract Laborers Many Chinese and Indian workers were an early substitute for the slave trade. They were forced or tricked into servitude. Britain first tried this form of labour after ending the slave trade in 1806. They imported 200 Chinese to Trinidad. Between 1847 and 1874, the British, French, Dutch and Spanish had imported between 250,000 and 500,000 Chinese workers to their colonies in South Asia, Southeast Asia, Africa and the Caribbean. About 125,000 Chinese were sent to Cuba alone, where 80% worked in the sugar plantations. The life of an Asian contract workers was riddled with difficulties and unjust treatments. While they were not property, they were unskilled labourers or porters who were exploited as substitutes for slave labour, often working for subsistence wages. The media of the time brought the treatment of them to the attention of the public by criticising a system as known as a new form of slavery. In 1855, Britain stopped its trade. In 1862, Congress banned the contract Asian labor trade in the United States and in 1874, under international pressure, Portugal ended it. A treaty between China and Spain in 1877 terminated the contracts of Chinese workers still in Cuba. The British Penal Colonies in the late 1700s, Great Britain established a penal colony in Australia after losing its original one in Georgia as a result of the American Revolution. The British government shipped convicts from England, Scotland and Ireland as well as British colonies such as India to Australia. There, they performed hard labour and suffered harsh treatments. Actual imprisonment of convicts was rare. Most performed labour for free settlers, worked for the government in record-keeping or worked on government projects such as road and railway building. The majority of convicts earned their freedom after a prescribed number of years of service. Some people sent to penal colonies were never allowed to return to Great Britain. In addition, because transportation back home was expensive, the majority decided to stay in Australia. By 1850, the British government ended transportation of convicts to Australia, largely because a stay in Australia was not considered much of a punishment. Australia also attracted free settlers, especially after gold was discovered there in 1851. Some 50,000 Chinese came during this gold rush.
Eventually, Australia became one of Britain's most successful settler colonies. French Penal Colonies The French also had penal colonies in Africa, New Catalonia, and French Guinea. New Catalonia, an island part of an archipelago in the southwest Pacific Ocean, 750 miles from Australia, served as a penal colony from 1864 to 1897 for both convicts and political prisoners. The penal colony in French Guinea was located which included Devil's Island. It was notorious for its harsh treatment of convicts. Prisoners were underfed and forced to do hard labour. Although the French stopped transporting convicts in 1938, Devil's Island continued to hold prisoners until 1953. Migration in the face of challenges The word dysphoria is often applied to mass emigrants from a country or region that may take place over a period of many years. The African slave trade was responsible for one of the biggest dysphorias in history, the involuntary emigration of millions of people between the 16th and 17th century. Most dysphorias, however, were the result of poverty, political conditions or famine. India. Poverty was the principal reason that drove Indians to leave the subcontinent. In 1833, the British began sending Indians to Maturius as indentured laborers to replace slaves on the sugar plantations. <coughs> By 1878, <coughs> Indians were working on plantations in British Ghana, Dutch Guiana, Nastal in South Africa, Fiji and British and French islands in the Caribbean. Most Indian laborers signed a five-year contract. Many renewed their contracts, and some decided to stay permanently, accepting a piece of land or a lump sum rather than passage back to India. Over 1.5 million Indians were shipped to colonies in Asia, Africa, and the Caribbean, and Oceania, before Britain abolished the indentured system in 1916. Between 1880 and 1938, two systems recruited labour in Southeast Asia. The Kangi were the foremen who oversees the workers. System in Ceylon and Malaya recruited from their own extended families. The Maestria or Supervisors system in Burma recruited labourers within structured systems with defined hierarchies and sent them to plantations, usually in Southeast Asia. Conditions were highly exploitative. China The Chinese dysphoria did not begin until the early middle of the 19th century with the gold rushes in China, South Australia and Western Canada. However, most Chinese migrants were not engaged in mining. Despite prejudices towards Chinese immigrants, the Chinese were instrumental in developing the U.S. Transcontinental Railroad. Some Chinese pay their own way, but many more left China as indentured laborers. The vast majority of Chinese immigrants were males who planned to return to China after their time abroad. People left China for many reasons, some to escape poverty or famine, others for better opportunities. 
beginning in the late 18th century, a population explosion in coastal cities and contacts through foreign trade led large numbers of Chinese to emigrate to Southeast Asia. Most of them were illiterate, landless peasants looking for opportunities abroad. However, most Chinese did not arrive in South Asia until the mid-19th century after the First Opium War made it easier for them to leave. Many people left as a result of the poverty and disorder brought by the Taiping Rebellion, 1850-1864. After the middle of the century, the Chinese emigrated to the Americas, Europe, Australia and New Zealand. Ireland People emigrated from Ireland for many reasons. Some left for political reasons. British abolished the Irish Parliament in 1801 when Ireland became part of the United Kingdom of Britain and Ireland. Roman Catholics and Protestant dissenters faced religious discrimination from their British rulers. Evictions of tenant farmers increased after 1846, repeal of the Corn Laws, which had regulated the import and export of grain. During the Great Famine, 1845-1849, that destroyed the potato crop for four years, as many as three million people immigrated from Ireland. Most went to the United States, but others went to England, Scotland, Canada or Australia. Emigration continued even after the famine ended. As many people left Ireland for the first four years after the famine was over, left to the height of the famine. The Irish had been going to Great Britain and the United States to build canals since the 18th century and they continued to lead to help build railroads. During the 18th and 19th century, 300,000 free Irish immigrated to the Australia during, and 45,000 Irish convicts were transported there. In the second half of the 19th century, about 45,000 Irish went to Argentina although only about 20,000 remained there. The rest moved on to the United States. Italy. The first wave of Italian immigration began with the unification of Italy in 1861 and continued until 1900. More than 7 million people left Italy during those four decades. More than half of them went into countries in Europe, with most of the rest going to North and South America, Australia and New Zealand. The main reason for the Italian dysphoria was poverty. Two-thirds of the immigrants during this period were men with traditional skills. Farmers had increasingly difficult time making a living in harsh conditions, especially in a society where land was subdivided over generations. Some left for political reasons, while others left for economic reasons related to organized crime, especially in South Italy. Those who left often sent money back to family members, encouraging further immigration. Migration to Settler Colonies Large numbers of British citizens lived in all the colonies of the British Empire. Most moved abroad permanently, went to settler colonies such as Canada, South Africa, Australia or New Zealand. Those who went to other colonies such as India, Malay or Kenya usually did with no intent of staying permanently. Many were officers and soldiers in the British Army, some were sent as government officials in the colonial service or as managers for plantations or other colonial enterprises. Technical experts. Engineers and geologists migrated to South Asia and Africa. 
One was Andrew Geddes Bain, who emigrated to Cape Town, South Africa in 1816. Bain initially worked on eight major railroads and passes, but moved on to a career in geological studies. Bain prepared the first comprehensive geological map of South Africa in 1852. In 1854, he reported back to British government about the copper mines in Namakwaland. British engineers were so numerous in the colonies that they formed a type of dysphoria. They spread Western science and technology throughout the world. However, as they did, they blended their knowledge with the experience of engineers from colonial lands. Together, people from Europe and the colonies collaborated on both public works and private industrial jobs and projects. Argentina During the 19th century, Argentina was part of Britain's informal empire. Britain invested more in Argentina than it did in India, the so-called jewel in the crown of the British Empire. Unlike most of the people who immigrated back to the new life for themselves, the British who settled in Argentina during the 19th century were not trying to escape poverty or persecution. They were primarily businessmen, traders, bankers and engineers. They founded banks, developed and export and trade in agricultural products, built railroads and other infrastructure, and imported luxuries that appealed to the growing Argentina middle class. Japan. Before 1868, Japan was closed to the rest of the world. However, by 1893, the Japanese government had decided that Japan should acquire an overseas empire and establish the colonial Seishin society. Its aim was to export Japan's surplus population as well as commercial goods. In 1892, the society made an unsuccessful attempt to start an agricultural settler colony in Mexico. The failure of that attempt did not deter the society from sending 790 Japanese to Peru in 1899 for contract work. At the same time, many Japanese men were leaving Japan to study in the United States, congregating mostly in cities such as San Francisco, Portland and Seattle on the west coast. Tensions and anti-immigrant sentiments toward Japanese people infested as immigrants assimilated into life in Americas. In 1907, the Gentleman's Agreement between the United States and Japan was an informal agreement that the US would not impose restrictions on Japanese immigration, and Japan would not further allow immigration to the US. The agreement was never ratified and ultimately ended in the Immigration Act of 1924. Migration, Transportation and Urbanization Improvements in transportation technology allowed some who migrated for work reasons to return to their home societies, either for a period of time or permanently. For example, in 1885, an agreement between the governments of Japan and Hawaii allowed Japanese laborers to go to Hawaii to work on the sugar plantations under three-year contracts. Approximately 29,000 Japanese went to Hawaii over the next nine years. During that time, thousands more Japanese went to other destinations in the South Pacific, including Australia, New Cardionia, and Fiji under similar contracts. Most planned to return home after a few years. Industrial workers from Italy had similar arrangements in working for in Argentina and then returning home, though many Italians settled permanently in Argentina. 
since most industry was located in urban areas, both internal and external migrations often settled in cities, which increased the size and influence around the globe. Voluntary Migration Patterns in the 19th Century 1880s to 1914 Home country, Italy Destination, Argentina Reasons for migrating Argentina had pro-immigration policies Argentina offered better wages 1868 to 1907 Home country, Japan Destination, Hawaii Reasons for migrating Japanese sought financial opportunities on sugarcane and pineapple plantations. 1850 to 1880. Home country, China. Destination, United States. Reasons for migrating. The Chinese first sought work in gold mines, then agricultural and factory work. There were opportunities to work on the Transcontinental Railroad. 1820 to 1910. Home country, Ireland. Destination, United States. Reasons for migrating. Irish were escaping the Great Famine. Irish sought labour opportunities in the canal, lumbering and civil construction. Coerced or semi-coerced migration patterns in the late 19th century. 1500s to 1800s. Home country, Africa. Destination, Americas, Europe. Reasons for migrating. Forced slavery administered through triangular trade system. Europeans needed slaves to work on plantations along the southern coast, in the Caribbean and elsewhere, cultivating cash crops like cotton, rice and tobacco. 1788 to 1816 Home country, British convicts. Destination, Australia. Reasons for migrating. Britain transported convicts to penal colonies. 1806 to 1877. Home country, China and India. Destinations, Caribbean, Southeast Asia, Africa, the Americas. Reasons for migrating. Slave trade had been abolished in 1806. The contract labour system was instituted to replace slavery. 1834 to 1916 Home country, India Indentured servants Destination, Africa, Asia The Caribbean region Reasons for migrating Slavery was abolished in the British Empire in 1833 the indentured servant system was instituted to replace slavery. 